This is episode 301 with the man, the myth, the legend, the creator of the household name P90X and a fierce advocate for health, Tony Horton. Welcome to the Strength Running Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Jason Fitzgerald, and the goal of this show, strengthrunning.com, and our YouTube channel is to help you better understand the process of improvement. Because when you recognize knowledge as a competitive advantage, you'll be a much better runner. If you're new here, welcome. I'm the head coach of Strength Running, formerly a 239 marathoner, and my new training journal, the Performance Training Journal, is now available on Amazon. On this podcast, I share my insights on the sport and speak with the world's smartest subject matter experts to help you improve. I'm happy to connect anytime, so feel free to email me or you can send me a message on Instagram or YouTube. Before we dive in, I want to thank our partners who support the show. They're offering you some great discounts, which I hope you'll take advantage of. First is Prevenex the only supplement company that I've ever partnered with because they're the best. They're voluntarily putting themselves under a lot more scrutiny and holding themselves to higher standards. Now, I've talked about Joint Health Plus and how many testimonials I've seen because, frankly, it just works. But I want to tell you about my personal favorite product from Prevenex called Nurify. It's a plant-based meal replacement that I love after a run because it gives me protein, carbs, and fat, along with vitamins and probiotics. It's the perfect solution to getting in balanced nutrition right after a run in a way that's easy to stomach, and it provides fluids as well. I love convenience, and Narify helps with fueling and recovery by giving me convenient nutritional support at a time when the body is so very receptive to it. Give the chocolate flavor a try, that's my favorite, at Prevenex.com, and be sure to use code JASON15 for 15% off. If you're training hard right now, Nurify is going to help you recover a lot faster. Try it at Prevenex.com and use code JASON15 for 15% off your purchase. Next is my favorite running sunglasses company, Gooder. You can now get free shipping at Gooder.com slash strengthrunning. And if you watch my videos on YouTube, you know that I've been wearing Gooder sunglasses for pretty much a decade now. They're super affordable, starting at only 25 bucks, and they're made for running. So they stay on your face with this really great anti-slip technology, and the styles are just wild. Go to Gooder.com slash strengthrunning to get free shipping. And they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, but I know you're going to find a pair that you love from the hundreds of styles that they have. Find yours at gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R.com slash strengthrunning to get that sweet free shipping. All right, my guest today is none other than Tony Horton. Tony has been deeply involved in the health and fitness world for over 40 years. And at 65 years old, he's a model of health. Go to the Strength Running YouTube channel to watch this interview, and you'll be amazed. He looks 20 years younger than he actually is. Tony is the creator of P90X and has worked with celebrities like Bruce Springsteen, Tom Petty, and Usher to help them get in shape for the demands of touring. While he's not a competitive runner, he is an avid trail runner and makes sure he explores his local trails in California at least once per week. I definitely get him to talk more about his love for the trails because after all, I love the trails myself and we really bond on that. But our discussion today mostly revolves around longevity, what he's changed his mind on over the last few decades with regard to exercise science, the effect of exercise on the mind, and why the people around you are so important for success. Without further delay, please enjoy my conversation with Tony Horton. Here we are with Tony Horton. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Jason, thanks for having me, my friend. Well, I really appreciate that you're here. And in doing a little bit of research for this, I learned that you grew up just an hour down the road from where I went to college. I don't meet a lot of Connecticut guys, Mm. but I went to Connecticut College. Oh, you did? And I went to URI, uh, which is further up the I-95. So Right along the I-95. Right along the I-95. Yeah. Grew up in Trumbull. 
you know, for yep. fifth grade to 12th and then off to URI and you were right down the street. Yeah. And you're probably most well known for creating P90X. At least that's how I know of you. Mm. And, uh, I got I to gotta tell you this quick story. Back in 2008, so this is about 15 years ago, I did, I think, the core workout with some friends. It was yeah, a, I bet you couldn't stand up straight for a couple of days after that. <laughs> yeah. mm. Well, let me tell you, I went into this very confident because at the time I was in incredible shape. I had just run some of my personal bests in the mile, the 10 mile, the half marathon. And, you know, I really felt like, I am, I am a pretty competitive athlete here. Of course I can do a core workout, but I got to say, Tony, you really kicked my butt that day mm. and I did feel it for days. Yeah. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> I know a lot of athletes, your story sounds very familiar and there's been quite a few of them that, that went in there pretty cocky going like, all right, you know, I, I mean, I'm talking professional football players, baseball, and that Abbott Barrex will, will wake you right up. You know, um, there was this one guy who used to play for the Phillies and he was watching the, the conditioning coach put a bunch of uh, other other players through one of the workouts. And he said, let me give you the Sabbath for X, Mr. Tough Guy. And uh, yeah, he didn't he didn't come to didn't come to practice the next day. So mm, you know, <laughs> he, he, he missed practice. I wonder what that was from. But yeah, I mean, you, your body adapts, obviously. I mean, that's a routine that I did at least once or twice a week, every week for years and years and years. And now I, I do other versions of, of it now. But yeah, it's very specific. It gets after everything. The transverse abdominis gets into the trapezius muscles. It's it's the obliques. It's you know it's the full gamut, right from front to back. It's a it's a go getter. So, congratulations on surviving that. Great job making competitive athletes everywhere rethink their fitness. <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. And, and I think it's also just a really good indication that for very sport specific athletes it's a good idea to inject some variety into their exercise programming because we can get so hung up on only practicing our sport and not branching out into other forms of exercise, other kinds of strength exercises, and even some cross training. It's going to make us into a more robust athlete. And I think that was on full display when I was hobbling around the next day after that workout. Well, that was the whole purpose behind P90X. You know, I mean, everybody was sort of stuck in this, you know, quasi myopic way of training based on whatever they were doing or whatever they were trying to achieve, you know, and that and that can be that can be kind of boring after a while and people get hurt from, you know, repetitive exercises. And uh, and then there's just sort of that plateau effect that that happens to a lot of people if they're not willing to, you know, get outside of their comfort zone here and there. And so, you know, we we created 12 routines, all very one, very different from the next. You know, from Abbott to Plyo to shoulders and arms to core synergistics, you know, just this stuff that I've been experimenting with for the whole year prior to creating it. And um, I think that's the reason why, you know, it, it's not a program to get big muscles. You know, it's not a program to, 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 to it's not a cardio program, you know, where you're just, you know, with your heart rate up high the whole time. It's just that kind of variety. And, and that's, that's the reason why I think people liked it and the reason why they kept doing it over and over again. I mean, I, Dr. Mindy Pels, who's become a friend of mine, you know, she did it for three years in a row. <laughs> like, oh my God, the jokes got to get kind of tiring after a while, the same old jokes. But, um, you know, if something's working, why, you know, keep on going. So, and then since then, of course, there was P90X3, X2, 22 Minute Hardcore, all these other programs that I've done. Now I've got my new one, the Power of Four, um, which is, you know, uh, familiar, I mean, similar, but but different too. Yeah, I think it's important to keep evolving things as you get older, as you continue your exercise journey. And that just reminds me of like your entire story. And I'd love to back up a little bit and just talk about, you know, how you've gotten into fitness and exercise because, you know, you've made a career of it. You're obviously passionate about getting people moving, you know, way back in the day, what made you immerse yourself in the world of fitness? Because it started at a young age, right? Well, you know, I wasn't a terribly athletic kid. My dad was, you know, but his his training techniques from the fit 40s and 50s were abusive, you know. <laughs> I mean, they just what do you were mean by that? like it was all about the win-loss column. There was no psychology involved. There was no mindfulness. There was no, you know, there was no recovery days. There was, you know, there was no, you know, nutrition was wasn't really, you know, you ate a bunch of meat. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and it was it was a very arduous, unhappy process for him, even though that he was very good. Um, so he didn't want to put me through that. And besides, my dad had a job at that point where 
he was on the road five days a week. So he didn't really, have, I didn't, you know, I saw him on the weekends kind of thing. And that was, he was, had that lifestyle for 20 plus years, all while I was growing up through, through elementary school, junior high school and high school. Right. So, and then I went off to college and, um, and I was a scrawny kid with a little bit of a belly on me. And, you know, I mean, I played sandlot football and, and pick up basketball and I liked tennis and I would get out and play some golf, but there was nothing, there was no regular training regimen for me whatsoever. And I took a weightlifting course. I thought, oh, this will be easy and fun. And, you know, and then it's weird. I just, it was really, I just felt better. I, my GPA went up that, that semester. Huh? What do you know about that? And my confidence went through the roof and I really liked the aesthetic change. I mean, I'm a young college kid. So, you know, the belly's gone, the six pack showed up. I had pecs, I had biceps and you know, I thought that was going to be a great way to meet the girls. It turned out you needed a solid personality to go with that <laughs> and, a pur- and a purpose in life. And uh, those things came later. Um, but I just went, oh, oh, okay, this, this, it can happen. Like, oh, if I, if I do this set number of exercises and I do a certain amount of con- conditioning, I mean, this is, there was no yoga there. There was no plyo there. It was just, you know, lifting on Nautilus machines and some dumbbells and barbells and stuff. That's what it was. But the coach was a was a good guy. I mean, the, the the teacher coach was just a great guy, and so I, I had never experienced that before. The little encounters that I had with my high school football coach were just horrible, much like what my father went through—just a lot of berating and screaming and yelling and and whatever. Which is like, okay, this isn't any fun. He made it fun, and then you know, then I you know uh, went out to California where I am now, and and. I was just immersed in all kinds of fitness because that's what this, you know, Southern California lifestyle is all about, really. And I just met the right people at the right time. I mean, I had a friend of mine who was a track athlete. And so, you know, I'd go to the uh, UCLA track or the Santa Monica uh, College track and, you know, and I'd run hundreds and two hundreds and four hundreds and half miles. You know, it wasn't long distance stuff, but we would do like a two mile warm up, you know, that kind of a thing. And, and I just got and then later in life and I'm kind of jumping ahead here, I, I met uh, a couple of Olympians Um and we would go down the UCLA track and, and, you know, really we spent 45 minutes to an hour just warming up, you know, just getting our, 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 our legs ready to be able to run as fast as we can on the track. Um, and I just fell in love with that. You know, that was part of my, my early training. And then I joined four gyms. I was just like, oh, wow, this is where all the people are. I mean, I could do that. I could go to clubs and get drunk and meet them that way. It just didn't seem like, I mean, I still did that on occasion. I'm not going to lie. But I really liked, I just liked the community, you know, it's just like, this is where I met my friends, like-minded people. And this is before I was training anybody. I, I didn't have, a, I wasn't certified. I wasn't training anybody, but I just liked it. So I was part of World Gym where I would see Arnold Schwarzenegger and Lou Ferrigno. And I would, you know, sit down and I'd get my notebook out and go, Lou Ferrigno, okay, 35 sets of chest. Seems like a lot, but all right. You know what I mean? Or whatever Arnold was working on his calves for three days in a row. And then I would go to a regular aerobics gym. I really liked that. And then I would go join my friend, Mark Sisson. He, he had a, had a uh, I don't know if you know Mark or not, the Daily Apple. And, and so he got me, um, you know, into my early running thing at, at the track mostly. Um, and so that was it. It was just sort of a hodgepodge of just everything, you know. And then I started going to yoga just because I, you know, I, I, I knew that I needed that, even though I didn't think it was going to do anything. And then it just, that was a game changer for me. Still is. I mean, I don't miss yoga ever anymore. And that was it. Those were the early days. And then I just started training one of my, my boss. I was a, a runner over at 20th Century Fox, a PA, same thing. And he was noticing my changes. You know, I mean, I, I had an agent and the agent said, you got to get leaner and fitter and better. I, you know, if I'm going to send you on these auditions, you're looking kind of dumpy. And that was the main reason why I started working out. And then he noticed and then I started training him. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, you know, I mean, I had a general idea because I was getting these results on my own. And just, you know, stealing from other people and trainers and other people's ideas. I would just, you know, I was like a sponge. And I, he lost 35, 40 pounds with me. And then he introduced me to Tom Petty. Um, Tom called me up. Hey, Tony, it's Tom Petty. My roommate hung up on him because he, like, why would Tom Petty be calling my house? <laughs> my little apartment. And so <laughs> Bob, my, Bob hangs up. Tom calls back. Hey, I got hung up on can you, can you come to my house? I'm going on tour and I'm fat. Nobody likes a fat rocker. Okay, Tom. So I trained him for four months and then he went off on this tour and everybody flipped out because he had never, they'd never seen him like that before. You know, they'd never, his voice was better. His endurance was better. Um, um, he was tearing off the sleeves of his shirt, you know, going around getting, because he was striated and vascular for the first time. It was kind of crazy. And then the phone rang off the hook and all of a sudden I'm training rock and roll, you know. Bruce Springsteen and Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics and Stephen Stills from Crosby, Stills, Nash and & Young and, 
and uh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham and uh, Billy Idol. Billy called me. What do you do with Petty Mike? He looks fantastic. Come to my house, will you? So I just ran all over L.A. And then, I, you know, I would train at whatever. Like, I, I was a 24-hour gym I was a member of. So, you know, my first client in those days was at 5 a.m. And I went all the way to, like, till the sunset. You know, it was crazy. Um, you know, I burnt through a lot of engines and transmissions. And, you know, those were the days. You were It was just fun. You just hanging out with Bruce Springsteen and Tom Petty and Billy Idol and hearing their stories and hanging out with them one-on-one. And helping them feel better, you know, and getting them ready for the, the tour or whatever they needed to do, you know, a photo shoot. It was pretty cool back in those days. So that's the long version of how I got started. And then the whole, you know, the whole P90X thing, that all kind of came later. Well, Tony, I'm pretty struck by the fact that you started with this weightlifting class and all of a sudden you you sort of got even more into it because you started experiencing progress. Oh, hey, look at my stomach is looking better. I'm starting to feel better. I'm starting to even do better in my classes. You know, you had a high GPA that that semester. And, you know, it just reminds me, that's exactly why I got hooked on running. I just started experiencing some progress. And that progress, I think, is one of the most addicting things about fitness. You know, you're starting down this journey and all of a sudden you see results, you feel better. You look in the mirror, you look better different. And that can be a really powerful motivator. But of course, you know, to experience some of that progress, you have to be consistent. Do you have any advice for people who are getting started or who may have attempted the the beginning of this journey and they can't really stick with it? They, they seem to fall off the wagon. They can't build the habit. They can't stick with it for any amount of time. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's three things that are sort of the base of, uh, of how to get there. And these three things have to be part of who you, who you are. You can't, you can't ignore these three things because if you do, then, you know, you're going to fall off the wagon. You'll maybe start for a bit. And, you know, a lot, and even before I get into those three, a lot of the, one of the reasons why people fail is because they're doing it for all the wrong reasons. You know, they're like, well, purpose is one of the three things, but like, what, why are you doing this thing? It's for, if it's for aesthetic purposes, it's for, you know, hoping that you're going to, going to look different in the future. Uh, for most people who that's their main priority and it is unfortunately it, then they're going to fail you know what i mean i want to get ready for, because i got a wedding or i want to get ready because i'm going to a reunion or i want to look good because i'm i'm going to the beach this summer you, you know what i mean and it's very ephemeral it doesn't it doesn't last long term and the idea here is that you have to understand that this is a lifestyle it has to become priority one it has to become the foundation of who you are as a human being and for me it would that none of that was anywhere in sight you know what I mean? I, I just, I was young and I was insecure and I had a speech issue, a speech impediment called cluttering. And exercise was the first thing that I did that I noticed made me feel better minutes into it. And it made me feel, feel better mentally and emotionally, not physically right away, because the physical comes well over time. But I, I knew that I, I could, I was very self-aware of the mental and emotional shift that was happening as a result of exercising on that day. And I got that almost immediately. And, you know, this is before I read John Rady's book, the book Spark, you know, talked all about the effects of physical activity on your mental and emotional state. It talks about the molecules and proteins that come together inside your temporal lobe. That's like miracle growth for your brain. You know, your, your hippocampus and your dentate gyrus and all this scientific stuff about, you know, breathing, right? When you exercise, whether it's weightlifting or, or HIIT training or whether you're going on a trail run or whatever it is, you know, there's this there's this biochemical shift that's happening throughout your entire body that that dramatically affects your mental and emotional state. And if you are consistent, right, and you have a plan, right, those are those are critical pieces. Those are in the top three, right? So my purpose shifted from the aesthetic when I was younger to just wanting to feel better, to be more productive, to to be happier, to sleep better. Like there are there's a myriad of things um, that are as subtle in a way that change when you exercise consistently. So you, you need your, so my purpose is, sure, I like the fact that I can't see what I'm wearing, but I like being lean and ripped. And, but I also like to ski hard. And I like to, you know, I like to be able to keep up with a lot of my friends or half my age now. And at 65 years old, you know, there's things that I can physically do now that I couldn't do in my teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. You know, so these are all reasons why, why. But a lot, if you don't have that life experience, and no one ever told you, oh, your purpose has to be in line with the quality of your life. 
you know, in all those different ways that I talked about. And you also have to have a plan. You've got to know exactly what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, right? You have to, like, it has to become, it has to be on your calendar. Like, there has to be these certain hours or half hours or whatever it is throughout the course of your week where you tell everybody else, this is where I'm working at. This is what I'm doing. You can join me if you want to. I'd love to have some company. But if you, but if I, you know, if you can't do that and your schedule is different than mine, this is, don't schedule anything here. Like, everybody in my world knows that six days a week, I've got something going on and it has to do with fitness, you know I mean? So for example, I tell the world, um, on, on Mondays, um, you know, I'm doing my cardio routine, uh, at five 30 and on Tuesday mornings, uh, at eight o'clock it's shoulders and arms on Wednesdays. It's my plyo session, you know, at the house jump training basically. And then chest and back on Thursdays and on Fridays is yoga. And then Saturdays is my day off or not, or I'll go for a trail run. Usually it's a trail run right here in my backyard. And then Sundays is my three and a half hour ninja stuff. You know what I mean? And so that's, that's my plan. I had it written down. It's priority. Number one, my purpose is about just improving the quality of my life and be able to be a good skier. Um, and then there's the accountability factor. You know, I mean, a lot of people just aren't successful because they don't have any accountability. They don't have a, they don't have a tribe or a crew or a team or a gang that they want to go do this thing with. And I do. I mean, I, every time I do one of my workouts, there's somebody here at my house or I'm at the, I'm, I'm joining them at the track or I'm meeting them here at the end of the street to go for a six and a half mile trail run. You know what I mean? So that's all locked in. It's who I am. It's priority one. And if it's priority six, seven, eight, nine or 10, you know what I mean? You don't have a plan. You don't have a purpose. You, you don't have no way of being accountable then, then you're, you're just going to miss out. You know, I write about this in my book, The Big Picture. So um, if those things are aligned and they become, they move from wherever they are on your list, which is probably down here, and they move up here, chances are the odds will, be, will improve tremendously. I think the hardest thing for runners is finding the tribe, finding the community, finding those people around you who will support you. Because I've heard from quite a few of my listeners that, hey, I live in a small town. I go running and half the town looks at me like I'm a psychopath because I'm out there running at six in the morning or they see me after work and they're asking me if I need a, a ride. And I'm like, no, no, I'm out here for a run. Like, this is what I'm doing here. Well, then, you know, then I say start the tribe, you know, go find the tribe or start the tribe. The tribe's on the Internet, right? What town do you live? I live in St. Louis. I live in Orange County. I live in Miami. I mean, there are there's got to be one or two other people that are at least quasi interested in it. And, you know, sometimes you have to be the mentor, the coach, the trainer. You know what I mean? And and, uh, and with me, I, I had to reach out to all these people. You know what I mean? I had to, I find them, I found them along the way. And I've invited hundreds of people and only about a dozen, a couple dozen or, sh or so ended up being here uh, once in a while. You know what I mean? And so it's like you meet these people like, oh man, I'm in, Tony Horton, P90X, I'm fired up. And, and then you're like, you're going to make it? Yes. And then like that morning, oh, I can't make it because of... And then you invite them three, four, five, six, seven, eight more times, and they don't respond to your email requests or your or your texts, and you just go, mm, you know what I mean? You can lead a horse to water, you know, but they gotta they gotta decide, you know. And some people blow my mind. This one guy was my awning guy, little little pudgy dude, never exercised a day in his life. He started asking me for advice. He's been here at my house five days a week for the last year and a half, <laughs> just oh, wow. because he says he says yes, yes, Tony Horton. I'm I'm training with this guy for free. Yeah, I got to rearrange my entire schedule. I got four kids. I'm going through a divorce, but he still made it happen. Wow. You know what I mean? Because it, it went from not on his list to the top of his list based on a 45-minute conversation with me. Everybody's different, right? Everybody's different. So, you know, uh, and, and the one thing that I've learned is the worst kind of advice to give is the kind that's never been asked for in the first place because it's usually received with resentment as opposed to, you know, what you're hoping it will be received with. And that's, you know, that's just human nature. There's nothing you can do about it. But those, those, well, every once in a while, people will surprise you. And then some will come for like a month, like, oh man, Alex, he's killing it. He's, look, he's losing the weight. And then whatever, he had a fight with his girlfriend or he had to move because it was, a, there was a leak in the ceiling. And then, you know what I mean? I don't care. Like, you know, there's been deaths in my family, um, you know, and those weren't predicted. And I just train harder. You know what I mean? I'm more consistent because I know most people will just start eating and drinking and, and feeling sorry for themselves, which is, you know, I don't know, that's their path, but it certainly doesn't lead to much. Well, I think that's really good advice, especially just this, this overarching theme of consistency through adversity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Tony, I went through a divorce last year. And one of the things that really helped me through it was just continuing to run and stay consistent with my exercise routine. 
you know, it, it's it's not therapy. It's not really healing any of those emotional wounds, but it's keeping you physiologically sound at, at a time when you are dealing with so much physiological adversity through stress and and all the hormonal changes that come with that. So, you know, I can see how that is an enormous advantage if you are going through any kind of difficult time. And, and to a certain degree, it allows your, you know, based on the science behind pumping oxygen into your brain, it just gives you a different perspective about how to deal with these really difficult times in your life. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you, you know, there's, there's two paths, you know, I mean, there's an extreme version and there's another extreme version. Like some people will just overtrain themselves into oblivion, you know what I mean? And that's too bad. And they ended up, you know, with all kinds of various joint pain and digestive issues and irritable bowel syndrome, whatever, whatever there is, just because they, you know what I mean? They, they're just living on celery and, and running 15 miles a day. And that's probably what they shouldn't be doing. Right. It's kind of <laughs> finding not. that, finding that, that place, you know what I mean? And knowing when to back down and knowing that that's okay. And, and not competing with the past. You know, I've, I've learned that a long time ago, you know what I mean? And so, some days I feel amazing, you know, and some days I, I can barely get through my workouts, but I still show up for them because I know about, I know what's going to happen to me just by taking some deep breaths while I'm in the middle of doing something physically hard, because I know that the, the, the short-term effect and the long-term effect are, are powerful and life-changing. So I just do it anyway, no matter what. I, I love that mentality. And, and let's talk a little bit more about the mindset side of things. Cause you, you know, you've talked previously about how exercise is critical to having a healthy, productive mind. Can you talk a little more about that? Well, you know, I mean, I, uh, I, I never had a mindfulness practice. You know, my mindfulness practice was yoga and I would do some stretching. You know, I mean, I, I didn't know at the time that that's extraordinarily mindful. That's really important to do. Um, but for, based on a lot of stuff that I was going through, I mean, I was going through these contract negotiations with, with Beachbody that just went to hell in a handcart. You know, I was really shocked and amazed by that. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow, this wonderful 20-year run. Look what we're doing together. And now, you know... Um, you don't want to keep doing it. I've, you know, whatever. So they're, they're bad. Um, I would have loved to have kept going, but whatever, it was very traumatizing for me at that time. And, uh, I didn't know how to deal with it very well. And then my, my year, my client of 32 years, Tom Petty passes away the, the same day there's the Vegas shooting. And I had friends that were there and it was just like, wow, I'm not going to be with this company anymore. People have been killed by watching a show. And my, one of my best friends and clients is dead. No, I don't know, man. I didn't have a, I didn't have a wherewithal. I just did the, I mean, I just went into super anger mode and ended up with Ramsey, Ramsey Hunt syndrome. A lot of people know it now because just, Justice, uh, Justin Bieber, I always want to call him Justice Bieber. It's not right. And, <laughs> um, and so, you know, uh, very traumatizing shingles in your ear, last place you want it. All the, all the nerves in my ear fried. So my vision and my smell and my taste and my balance were just all out of whack. So I, I just laid in bed 12 hours a day and and drank out of a straw and threw up. That was pretty tough. And so I had to learn about the mindfulness component later in life. And, you know, so I read uh, John Kabat-Zinn's book, Full Catastrophic Living. I think that's the right, and that was a game changer for me. Um, and just learned how to meditate and learned, learned, to, learned about breath work. Um, and uh, it was, a, you know, it was really, really important for me. It was became a, one of the critical components, you know, other than nutrition and supplementation and exercise, it became the fourth leg to, to my dealing with hard things in my life, you know what I mean? And not taking everything so freaking seriously and not being angry, you know, and just, you know, dealing with my anger issues. I mean, my father was a tank commander in the army and he was a real, you know, son of a bitch is what he was. And, uh, at times. And so, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And so I have to kind of reinvent myself a little bit through, through a mindfulness practice that didn't exist, you know, when I was just training. I mean, exercise was enough. And, and I was older, too. So, you know, as, a, as an older athlete, it, it was, you know, I think it's very, uh, there's a lot of serendipity there that maybe it was supposed to happen, you know, and I was supposed to go through that for me able to learn how to just learn how to chill once in a while. And so, you know, if you look at mindfulness and whatever that means to you, it doesn't have to be sitting in Lotus with a candle in a dark room while doing, you know, Namahe Rengikyo over and over and over again. It can just be lying in your bed first thing in the morning and just doing, you know, some box breathing. You know what I mean? It could be walking your dog. It can be, you know, getting out in the yard and digging in the dirt, 
You know, I mean, it could be listening to some Zeppelin, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is that just takes your mind off the day to day. And and I mean, I have a list of 10 different things that are mindful, you know what I mean? And I just kind of look at that list once in a while and I go, oh yeah, time to take Charlie out for a walk. Oh yeah, time to just go walk by myself. Um, oh, time to go. Yep. Oh, it's time to do some sun salutations for 15 minutes. You know, oh, you know what? There's a bunch of stuff in the yard that needs to be clipped and groomed and I want to plant that little pine tree. It's about time I do it, you know, whatever. And that just completely takes me out of whatever I'm struggling with. Uh, and it's powerful. And a lot of people don't, don't have any of that. They don't have that at all. It's not even, it's not even on the radar. You know what I mean? I mean, listening to music is a like, oh, like when you're in the middle of it, shut it down for five minutes and put on, go on to Apple tunes or Spotify or whatever your source is. And just have those two or three playlists ready that just help you feel like, Oh yeah. Okay. I got this thing. I'm okay. You know, you don't even have to leave your seat. You know, I can do it right here on my desktop or wherever I am. Um, yeah. I mean, going for walks is really a big deal for me. You know, that's, and that's it. You know, that's, um, and don't get Ramsey Hunt syndrome to figure that out. You know what I mean? <laughs> do it now. Let's let, raise your hand, raise your hand. If you're watching this right now with Jason and I, if you had deal with stress and you haven't really figured out the best way to deal with it, then make your list of 10 things. And, and, you know, going for a run is on my 10 list, you know what I mean? And I don't go far sometimes. I, you know, I'll, I'll run out five minutes, wherever five minutes takes me and I'll run back five minutes. I don't care about how fast I'm going or I don't care how, you know, whatever. Like my Saturday runs, it's, it's six and a half miles. It's, and sometimes it's eight and sometimes it's five. I love this idea of having a list of things that, that work really well for you to take your mind off of the day to day and, and really disconnect and just almost connect with yourself mm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, do, do you think that exercise can be coupled with these mindful practices? Uh, you know, whether that's lifting weights, going for a trail run, you know, like, are you thinking about anything specific or practicing some sort of, you know, meditation or mindfulness practice while you are going for a walk or a trail run or, you know, anything else that's on your list? No, you know, I, I try not to burden myself with any sort of specific lack of thoughts or certain types of thoughts. I know that when I'm out there, I'm just going to be as, for me, it's about being as present as possible, taking in the scenery, right? Especially this trail run I'm on. I mean, it's like jumping over little little streams and there's a lot of shale and it's uneven and you know it's like bushwhacking out there right so it's it just because of the terrain it's it makes it very easy for me to um uh to just be in the moment to be present uh, on my walks through the neighborhood it's different right it's 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 sidewalks or street and that's when i do my breathing exercises you know what i mean but i don't have any particular thought i mean and and i also don't try to push out thoughts anymore. I used to do that. Like I, my whole thought about meditation was take a deep breath, exhale, and then try to be, have my mind be blank. And it, 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 it never, it never is, you know what I mean? Cause the thoughts will come rushing in anyway. So I just let them do what they do. I just know that I'm out there and I'm doing this simple thing and I'm trying to be present and the thoughts come in and I go, all right, I'm going to think about that as opposed to trying to push it back out. Now that a lot of people might disagree with that technique, but that technique works for me because it takes the burden off of trying to keep my mind clear while I'm outside doing a walk. You know what I mean? But when I'm weightlifting or I'm doing HIIT training or plyo, no, I, I'm just thrilled that I'm in the middle of doing what I'm doing. And, and, uh, and typically I'm teaching too, like my plyo session, people are here, my yoga session, people are here, both my Tuesday and Thursday morning sessions, I'm running the session. So, so the, 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 the act of the, the altruistic act of that certainly takes my mind off of my stuff because I'm helping other people, you know, it's no different than when I'm on stage or something in front of 10,000 people or something, you know what I mean? That's a very mindfulness thing because the onus is off of me and the focus is on them. All right. So that in itself, it, just because of what that is, it's extraordinarily mindful and you can't get off a stage in front of that many people and not feel like you're high as a kite. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's a, it's a great thing. And I think, you know, um, one of my mindfulness things is what do I need to do for somebody right now? Who's not looking for a favor? You know, is it a phone call? Is it a text? Is it an email? Is it taking out the garbage for my wife? Is it doing all the dishes or, you know, take emptying the dishwasher, which is her least favorite things to do. So I go and do them. You know what I mean? 
that's extraordinarily mindful because it's not about me anymore. I'm taking it. It's like, oh, you know, I mean, a lot of people say self-help. Well, self-help is really learning how to be less about self and more about others, you know? I, I love this conversation because it's, it's almost like we're talking about being healthy, not from a physical perspective, but from a mental perspective. And I, I think it's very hard to be a well-adjusted, healthy person if you're not also focusing on your mindset and, and how you relate to everything that's going on in, in your life. Um, and, you know, I, I'd love to talk a little bit more about this topic of longevity because, you know, this is a key part of it. And, you know, Tony, you mentioned you were 65 years old. Uh, you don't look like the average 65 year old. Um, <laughs> and, and I admittedly aspire to that. You know, I, I want to be strong and capable well into, you know, the later years in my life. And, you know, I, I just love to hear from you. What can you share that will help all of us remain capable, maybe not just from a mindset perspective, but also from a physical perspective too? You know, we talked a little bit about consistency, but, you know, what can really help us continue to be strong and capable, even if we are 65 years old? Because you look fantastic. I got to say, Tony. Well, I, <laughs> there's a little genetics in there. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to, you know, this is still my hair color. God bless the world that's still coming in. You can see there's some gray still starting to pop. Yeah. I, I don't know. So that's your, that's parents, your real hair color? This is it, man. This is it. <laughs> that's this awesome. Is absolutely. It. And even my, my wife will vouch for me. And then it's still coming in. You know what I mean? It's a little receding there. But, you know, look, it's, I love trying to, you know, like, what's that phrase everybody's using? Um. Uh, right now to shortcuts it used to, the word the term used to be shortcut but it's not anymore Forget is it a hack hacking like i'm yeah. i'm a life hacker even though i don't really like saying that um like you know what is my what does my sleep situation have to be like what kind of pillows should i have what kind of what kind of sheets should i have what should the what should the atmosphere in my room be what should the temperature be in the room what you know what like uh, i'm a mouth taper now I'm, I take my mouth every night. I put a breathe right on my nose. I put a mouth, t a mouth uh, tape over my mouth because I used to be a snore. My wife's not a fan of that. You know what I mean? It's, it's not terribly romantic to look over at me at night. All I need is a, uh, uh, is a, is a mouth guard and whatever else. You know, I'll, I'll look like a mummy's laying there. So like the quality of my sleep is, is really, really good. And I try to get my eight, my eight hours in. You know what I mean? Um, and then hydration. Like that's huge. Just making sure that I'm getting enough water and and and. You know, I mean, I drink, I drink tea, water, and Pellegrino. That's it. I don't drink anything else. I don't mess with anything else. I don't put. There's no alcohol that goes. In my, I mean, alcohol. Look, whatever. A lot of people want to defend their wine and a couple of beers and yada yada yada. But once I cut that out, the quality of my life went through the roof. I, you know, I, I and I, and then I had to decide. Well, why why was I drinking anyway? I was drinking for for all the reasons why I think a lot of people drink. It's just because they just they just wanted a, a slight little escape. They wanted to relax. They wanted to be more comfortable in situations where they felt uncomfortable. And I thought, well, why, why am I, why is that? The, why can't I do that without the alcohol? What are the things that I need to do without the alcohol? So exercise was a great replacement, you know what I mean? And, 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 and mindfulness was a great replacement. And of course, you know, then I did stand up comedy for a while and it was an improv comedy and I, you know, was working to be an actor. So I learned how to be pretty, pretty comfortable in front of an audience, pretty comfortable in front of a camera. And so alcohol just wasn't, I just didn't need it anymore. So lack of alcohol, you know, I don't like, I don't have a, there's no TV in my, our bedroom. It's like, I don't No, That's not, that's not for it's the bedrooms for two things, not a bunch of other stupid things. Right. And so that, that's just, these are my techniques because I want to, you know, is it about longevity is, do I want to live to be 95? <clears throat> I always say I'm going to live to be about 109 at that point. I'm going to cut it out. You know what I mean? But I might be <laughs> dead in three years. Who the hell knows? You know what I mean? Um, but for me, it's really about quality of life. It's like, like, how flexible can I get? Like, what does my stretching look like? What does my yoga look like? What does my foam rolling look like? Am I going to get in the infrared sauna? You know what I mean? Like, what are all my, what are all my recovery things? Like my supplementation stuff. I mean, I had my own, I have my own supplement line that was custom made for me based on some digestive issues and leaky gut and whatever else I was dealing with. And I'm vegan now, you know, I mean, I've tried vegan twice before, but I just wasn't getting the protein I needed because I didn't have the right information. Now that I have my own my own protein that has HMB and like and high doses of vitamin D3. Oh, okay. I can maintain and grow my muscle. I mean, yesterday I was doing military presses with 50 pound dumbbells, full range of motion. That's a hundred pounds going over my head 12 times. 
I don't know, I mean, some days it's 35s because I'm a little tweaky from something else. But, you know, I mean, and it's, it's that. And it's the consistency of the exercises, man. Like, I can't imagine, you know, sometimes I miss two or three days in a row, which, right? That's, I don't like to miss it. I'm traveling or I'm injured or I've, I've you know, I've got, a, got the flu or whatever it is. But, you know, there's all these very consistent behaviors. And then, then I'm also, you know, looking at new behaviors. Like, what else? Like mouth taping. I wasn't doing that a year ago. You know what I mean? A lot of people think, what the heck are you talking about? And it's just, um, you know, it's about the oxygen and the carbon dioxide and, and the ratio between the two and, and, and getting a good night's sleep. I mean, I just sleep really well. Sometimes I get up to have to go to the bathroom, but for the most part, um, and I schedule, I schedule, my life is scheduled based around my sleeping habits, my, my diet and my, and my, the consistency of my exercises because that's what I do for a living. So, I mean, I have to be an example to everybody else, you know? And so all all those things matter, you know, all those things are are critical and um, I don't eat garbage food. I don't, you know, I mean, I have a little bit of a sugar, a little sugar once in a while. That's not ideal, but you know, whatever, you know, when I, if I have too much sugar, I'll just go out and run up, up and down the street eight times. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just to get that moving through my body, but it's very rare. It's very rare that I cheat, you know, whatever little cheat foods I have are, you know, pretty organic and pretty clean and, and vegan and gluten-free. And so for me, dietary, it's no wheat, no soy, no corn, no dairy. Now, sometimes it sneaks in, you know, unbeknownst to me, but you know, it's just fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and lean proteins. And I'm not, I'm not a super strict vegan. I'm in Jackson Hole. There's elk medallions on the menu. I'm going to order the elk medallions. I'm going to eat them. You know what I mean? If there's wild salmon, I'm going to eat the wild salmon. So like, I don't, I take, I don't, I don't make it this stressful eating strategy. That'll, you know, so that I can ap- appear a certain way or, you know, I mean, I'm not a calorie counter. I haven't counted a calorie my whole freaking life. You know, my body fat's around 13%. I'm pretty happy with that. So all those different things. And, and I get blood work every six months. I go and I, they take out a hundred. It's like the vampire comes and takes all my blood. I, you know, I have my urine and analyzed. I have my poop analyzed, you know, whenever I feel like I'm out of whack. And that's, a, I'm doing a lot of stuff, right? I'm doing probably 95% of most stuff that people don't even know exist. Because it's interesting to me. And I want to be able to, like, I'm a skier. This past year in Jackson Hole, I was there 11 days in December. I was there five weeks, January and February. I was there in March. And and I'm skiing steep, nasty stuff fast. You know what I mean? And when I get to the bottom, I go, it's fun. I couldn't do that in my teens, 20s, 30s, or 40s, or even in the early my early 50s. You know what I mean? And so... I don't know. Am I going to be able to do that in my seventies? Who the heck knows? But I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying life now, and I'm doing everything I can so I can enjoy life now. And hopefully, you know, in my seventies and eighties, I'm still doing some version of that, and maybe even in my nineties. I don't know. It's an experiment. We'll see how it goes. I love it. I love it. And, and it seems like there's two really important themes to this approach. Like number one is just flexibility. Like, yeah, you eat a vegan diet, but you're going to be flexible with that. You're you're not going to freak out and really stress yourself out if something creeps into your diet or, or even if you intentionally add something to your diet that, that isn't vegan. And, and I, I think that's a really often under-discussed aspect of, of being healthy is being flexible enough not to stress yourself out, not to be so anxious about your exercise or dietary approach that it's causing adverse health outcomes from all that stress and, and trying to be so dialed in and type a mm-hmm. that it, it ends up not really working for you. It, it is about physical, mental, and emotional stress. That's what ages us. That's what cuts our lives short. And so what's the opposite of stress or, or your lack thereof to deal with it? It's joy and happiness and wonder and, and, uh, laughter, you know, laughter and silliness and joy. I mean, if you've done P90X, I'm, I'm a clown. I mean, I was walking on the L- I was walking to LAX with my wife, and you know, I'll get a lot of things. Hey, P90X guy, because they forget my name, or you know, some, some will say Tony, but dude, it's the America America's Fitness Clown. Okay, I'm America's. You know, whatever. Somehow I got that nickname, um, and it's it's part of it. You know, I mean, the opposite of stress and angst and anger is 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 joy happiness wonder and laughter and, and if you don't if, if you've got too much of one you know it you know if you're constantly under stress i my wife and i watched otto the other night with tom hanks i mean classic oh, story have you seen that movie yet yeah i, I watched I, I admittedly watched the first 30 minutes couldn't really get into it and turned it off but oh well you, you might want to check it out because you know okay. he he suffers he suffers from terminal curmudgeon disorder 
right? And then what happens is you're going along life and you're really upbeat and you're optimistic and you're young and you know what I mean? Like every, like, you know, uh, the, the world is your oyster. And then over time, because you're beaten down and stuff happens and that's life and you're not exercising, you're not eating right and you're not meditating. And of course, things are going on at work and you're going through family issues and blah, blah, blah. That upbeat, optimistic, joyful high school kid is now suffering from early onset curmudgeon disorder. And, you know, I mean, there's moments of joy and happiness here and there, but then there's all that angst and anger and stuff and in the society and the, and the other side of the aisle and, right? and you're all into that kind of thing. And then, you know, early onset turns into chronic, turns into terminal, and then you're just a angry old man, get off my lawn, man. And it's all about finger pointing and <laughs> and just there's like no more joy there's no more happiness and that's what that's what kills you in the end along with lack of exercise and a poor diet you know what i mean uh and, and it's just that stress man you got to control the stress somehow and that's why i have i have my list of 10 mindful things like oh wait it's time for zeppelin oh it's time for whatever it is you know what i mean like you know <laughs> rambling on i'll put rambling on from from uh, or whatever it is like uh uh, don't get fooled again from who or so I'll put on some Peter Frampton live, man. I'll just start tearing up because it just it just makes me so happy, you know, and then then all that stuff is like, oh, OK, let's get back to work. Yeah, it, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I'm going to be 40 this year and he's <laughs> 40. <young. laughs> I know. OK, yeah. but I, I have been thinking a little bit more about not turning into a cranky old man because I was a pretty happy-go-lucky kid. And and having gone through a divorce, that, that can change you for life, man. That could, that could literally, that, that event is, I mean, I have a friend who, who, who just went through it and man, he is, his approach has been amazing just to watch him deal with it. Cause it's, you know, he's out like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, you know what I mean? And he's just, he, he knows how bad it could be. And he's he's doing all the right things. It's impressive to watch him because it's I've seen the opposite more more often. Yeah, you know, in hindsight, I was very aware of that even from the very beginning. You know, before the divorce was finalized, during my separation, and you know, I remember talking to my therapist about this and saying, like, I refuse to become some bitter, anxious, stressed out, angry person. You know, I'm not, I, I'm not going to trust anybody anymore. I'm not going to trust women anymore. It's like, no, I can't go through life like that. I need to, I need to have a productive mindset about this and move forward in a healthy way. And, you know, I, I think running certainly helped me with that, but, um, you know, a lot of it just comes down to what kind of person do you want to be and, and, and act on that. Right on. Right on. You know, it's funny as I, as my career started to take, take off, you know, I mean, I'm in a, I was in a two bedroom apartment in debt, broken down cars. You know, I was training celebrities and that was kind of cool. It was certainly better than when I was doing mime on the pier, you know, for dollars and nickels and dimes. I mean, that's how it started way back in the day. Right. And then I joined a gym and then, and then I met Tom and then, you know, what but I was still broke and angry and sad and depressed and lonely, even though I had a few dollars in, in the bank and I can go skiing once in a while, but it's, you know, I was still in that, that transformative phase of my life where I was, you know, not opening all the doors. I was like, eh, I don't want to do that or, you know, whatever. When things came easy for me, then I would pursue it. But when they were a little bit tough early on, I wouldn't. Um, and then, you know, a lot of it, a lot of these books are personal development books behind me. You know what I mean? From Deepak Chopra to Andrew Weil to Gary Zukoff to Richard Carlson. I mean, you know, and all that information, that intel that I didn't get to school made a, made a big difference for me as well. But um, it, it happens. I mean, so many, I have friends of mine that I've lost touch with because they're just sad now. You know what I mean? They're sad and they're depressed and they're angry in general and they don't work out anymore. So like, what do we have in common? You know what I mean? And that's another thing. You have, so you have to let go of, of the, the naysayers and the finger pointers and the, and the people who are just unpleasant, you know, um, and I have, I have a, my wife is brilliant. I mean, I waited till I was 55 to get married and, um, yeah, she's, you know, she keeps me on track too. She doesn't let me get away with anything. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, she'll say like, I'll be in the middle of something. Right. And I'll be all up, up, you know, up in, up in my, up in somebody's grill about something and she'll stop on my foot, like under the table. She'll, and she'll whisper, I like that really awesome fun guy that I married, not this not this cranky old man that I'm talking <laughs> to right now. And I'll go, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, dang, busted. You know what I mean? So I just trust her because she's she's brilliant and she's 
she knows, you know, she reads me really well. So it's nice to have that kind of person around. And if you don't have that t- type of person around, you have to ask yourself that very question. You just said, like, who do I want to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, for example, with both my jobs recently, you know, when, when I started to become famous and I started getting money, um, that changed me initially. You know, I mean, I thought I was all that, you know, what I mean, like, hey, look at me now. And I wasn't all that. I wasn't all that two years before. Right. I was poor and sad. And then I, you know, I started not treating people right. Right. And being a big shot and acting all cocky and stuff. And then thank God I had the right people around me that put, you know, knocked me down a peg and said, hey, pal, that ain't working for you. You better, you know, if you want to sustain this career of yours, you know, you better you better find the other side of the coin when it comes to dealing with people and dealing with situations. You know what I mean? Because it can all go away as quickly as it came. And and they were right. Right. So listening to advice, you know, the expression, if somebody calls you an ass, ignore them. If two people do mm, you might want to look into that. If three people call you an ass, you're an ass. you're an ass go buy a saddle because you're going to be you know what i mean and so a lot of people just and i always say how did i do there how did i how did that exchange go or where can i how can i be better you know what i mean right a lot of people they live on an island and they think they have all the answers and then they can't figure out why everything's such a struggle it's just asking for advice you know I've, i've got some super talented amazing incredible friends but they're trying to do it all on their own and I'll go, I'm right here. I'm right here at the end of the phone. I'm right here at the end of a text. You know, you keep making these mistakes over and over again. Uh, I got some experience, you know, n- knock on my door, give me a call and I can maybe help you with stuff, you know, but they don't, I'm going to figure it out. All right. Well, you're 57 and you're broke. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, right. And you haven't worked out the last three months and, uh, you know, but, you know, it's whatever. I'm really appreciating all this life wisdom, Tony, because I thought we were going to talk a little bit more about about fitness. What are we talking about? This is better than fitness. It's it's all intertwined. If you don't get all this other stuff figured out, if you don't get all your ducks in a row here, then where are you going to get the energy to be disciplined with your exercise and your diet? It's just 10 times harder. You know, besides flexibility, the other thing I'm learning from you is you are quite intentional about your decisions, whether it comes to your diet, your sleep, your exercise routine, the way you schedule everything. Uh, I I also find it very interesting how your six days of exercise, each one has a specific goal. You're working on different physical skills. And and, and I think that intentionality is often something that's a bit missing from runners and and their approach to training. You know, just let's be a little bit more methodical. Let's go through this with some structure, some strategy, and really try to, you know, develop some of that intentionality around your training because it it obviously leads to much better results. So I just wanted to highlight that as something that uh, I think is is really valuable. Um, Tony, the last question I want to ask you before we wrap today is, you know, with your decades of experience in the fitness industry, it seems like you've undergone uh, quite a transformation in your mindset around the industry and your approach to fitness. Um, you know, I'd love to to hear you talk a little bit more about what you've changed your mind about when it comes to fitness over the years. Has, you know, do you think differently about certain things as the industry has changed and our understanding of exercise science has evolved? That's a great question. Um, I would say there's certain aspects of my training now that are no different than they were 35, 40 years ago. I mean, you know, fitness 101 is fitness 101. There's certain things, you know, you're going to do hypertrophy training or resistance training or body weight training. You know what I mean? Um, but the one, but there are some areas that, that, that I didn't know existed years ago, you, you know, especially when it comes to kind of recovery techniques, you know, that's part of our training, right? The body has to heal and be able to do something, you know, something new, especially as you get older, your recovery time is longer. So a lot of the things that I got away with when I was younger, I can't anymore. Right. Like the sleep and the all, you know, and, and, um, and getting in the infrared sauna and getting in an ice bath and whatever, doing the compression sleeves on my legs, you know, and there's all these different things that I, that I have to do. And that, that means you have to set some time, not only for your workouts, but also for all your recovery stuff. Like, you know, foam rolling is a, is critical, but a lot of people don't want to do it because it's too painful, you know, but it's not as painful as you get through those adhesions and you can do that myofascial release and it's a game changer, you, you know what I mean? And so, um, 
that that's that I'm doing much more so now than I did then because I didn't need it then. I was young. I was young and I was supple and it was wonderful. And you know, and now I'm I'm not. But if I want to be supple and I want to be less vulnerable and more durable when I when I'm asking a lot out, out of my body, then there has to be a a, a better post workout recovery uh, practice. Also. <clears throat> you know, I'm into ninja stuff now, right? So I never did ninja. I, got, I ended up with a ninja course in my backyard and I have a, I have a high bar. I have a fifth set. I have a 17 foot rope. I have a 20 foot rope. I have parallel bars. <clears throat> so I'm doing a lot of um, super intense skill-based challenging movements now that, uh, that where there's a lot more time under tension, there's a lot more muscle recruitment. There's a lot of, a lot more compound movements that are skill-based. So like my, my forearm strength and my, and all that kind of stuff, you know, just crazy routines. And every Sunday, it's, it's a three and a half hour tour. And a lot of people who show up here that are very, very fit can't do any of it. I mean, like bodybuilders, forget it. They just get their ass kicked, you know. And, uh, and but it went, then the people, the one who keep coming, like this one guy, my friend Andrew, he's a character actor. He's a kind of an overweight dude. And, and now he's just stick skinny, man. And he's running and he's a great example to his kids. And he's completely transformed himself. And he's kicking the crap out of my ninja course, which is really amazing to see. And so my feeling now is, is that, yeah, I, yesterday, a lot of military presses, a lot of Arnold presses, a lot of bicep curls, a lot of tricep extensions, you know, fitness one-on-one. But I also did, I also did um, uh, press handstands with a spotter. You know what I mean? I added that into the, into the mix, which I never used to do. Um, and, uh, and then the rest of the week is is more like animal flow or, you know, uh, animal flow is something, you know, it's kind of like a Tabata thing or a, or a Capoeira thing, I should say, um, which is really hard for me. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's a lot of coordination. It's like almost like uh, gymnastic dance training is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, and so that sort of stuff, which really focuses me to focuses, forces me to focus on, on that. How do I want to say this? It, 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 teaches me that my muscles need to be long and strong as opposed to stocky and strong. There's a lot of people that are in the gym and they're working really hard and doing basically the same eight routines they've done since high school and they look good, but man, don't bend over and pick something up weird or don't try to climb a rope because your elbow is going to snap, tendon in your elbow is going to snap. So there's a lot of people who are very fit, but still very, very vulnerable because of the lack of mobility and the lack of length in their muscles and, and, the, and the health of their tendons and ligaments, which comes from a lot of the stuff that I'm doing now. And so what happens is, oh, see, I was fit when I was younger, but <clears throat> now that I'm in my late 50s and 60s and 70s, I'm having all these issues because you didn't adapt. You didn't make those changes. You're still lifting heavy weights only, or you're still just stuck doing cardio, or you're just running. You know what I mean? And I can't tell you how many people, dozens and dozens of runners who did P90X or X2 or X3, and they cut off an hour off their marathon times. You know what I mean? Um, just because their body was more durable in general, right? They were using secondary and tertiary, tertiary muscle groups to do something where they only had, you know, they only had a, they had a finite number of muscles to be able to do what they're asking them, asking their body to do. So I don't know. And I, and I'm just in staying curious. I'm always curious about, about new techniques and new ideas. And a lot of them that come down the pike are crap. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, you're putting all your time and energy in this. It just seems, I'm not going to name any names, but, Oh boy, I mean, your knees are always shot. Your shoulders are always shot. You know, I don't, I don't want to name names again, but you know, if you're constantly hurt, you're still getting older. And so after you recover and you go back to that stuff that hurts you again, like, you know, I know you got all your friends are over there and that community's over there and you're loving that intensity, but you're, you're, you're killing yourself. So you, and you have to be willing, you have to be, be curious and you have to adapt and you have to make changes as you move forward. Yeah. This, this focus on, both recovery and it also seems like skill-based exercises exercises that really force you to learn a more complex movement pattern are are important to you especially as you get older because i think they enable a lot more adaptations and and the accumulation of these physical skills uh and, and that is a, actually a great lesson for runners you know you you mentioned you know you're these runners are only running. I'm always telling my athletes, we got to do other things. We got to get strong. We got to do some strength exercises. We need to warm up dynamically and really make sure our body is primed for running. Totally. You know, even Absolutely. the value of 
cross-training and just getting in some of our aerobic work from another type of sport that's going to give us a different movement pattern and, and build fitness in a different way. We know there was a great study in the 70s. They took all the swimmers out of a pool. They put them on the track. They took all the track athletes and they put them in the pool. And for eight weeks, they were both struggling. And when they went back to their, reg- their regular sports, they were killing it. They were, their, number, their times improved immensely. So perfect example. Yeah, and I've experienced that personally. You know, I get hurt with some sort of running injury and and instead of running, I'm spending, you know, 90 minutes or two hours aqua jogging in the pool. And I'm also doing some strength training. Next thing you know, I come back and I'm running PRs on the track. And I was like, what is happening? I haven't run in two weeks. Isn't that amazing? That's just amazing. Yeah. There you go. All you, you only have to experience that one time. And then you're like, you're sold, right? That's yeah. how I'm going to do things going forward. Absolutely. Well, Tony, you're a wealth of wisdom, and uh, I just want you to know I'm very grateful for the ass-kicking you gave me back in 2008 with (laughs) the the core workout from P90X, and I just really appreciate your message. It's very holistic. Uh, it's, It's one that really encompasses many aspects of fitness, not just physical, and I think that's super important. Um, Where can folks go to to get more Tony Horton? Uh, You go to TonyHortonLife.com. TonyHortonLife.com. And if you go there, you'll find out whatever events. You know, I have a yoga retreat in, in Jackson Hole every year, which is just, a, you know, we ski, we, we we ride our whatever. If you're a snowboarder, you can do that as well, of course. And it's, you know, yoga in the morning, yoga in the afternoon, and just skiing and having fun during the day. Plus, you know, I have a, a line of fitness equipment, uh, TH Fitness, and my power stands are there, my med balls, my jump ropes, my resistance bands. You can do that. Um yeah. And then you can, that'll also, if you want to find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, you, you know, all that information is there as well. But the other thing too, the other project that we're, my wife and I are really proud of is this new program uh, called the power of four. So it's powernationfitness.com. That, and so people are signing up, they're loving it. You know what I mean? There's, you know, P90X had 12 routines. There are dozens and dozens of routines and there's different monthly calendars. So you're always changing things up. You know, I'm always Mr. Variety, um, powernationfitness.com and check that out. It's a beautiful website. People are loving it. A lot of testimonials there. So you in the first week, just get in there and play for free. And after that, you can sign up or not. You know, it's up to you. So that's what I'm up to. Also, I'm on Tonal. I don't know if you want. Everybody has Tonals. Um, working for those folks. Just shot a new program for them. And then, of course, my my supplement line. I would be in trouble if I didn't mention that. Um, it's uh, it's uh, mypowerlife.com. Mypowerlife.com. It was a life changer for me. When I was down 25 plus pounds and I was sick as a dog, I was suffering from a accelerated form of, of uh, sarcopenia, which is like, you know, uh, massive muscle loss because I couldn't get out of bed. Um, and it's just been people are loving it. They're loving that, too. So there you go. Cool. Well, I'll include all links to those different programs and resources in the show notes on the strength running site. But awesome. until then, Tony, thanks for being here. Jason, that was fun. This was great. I really enjoyed speaking with you, man. Thank you. And uh, we hope to run into each other again one day. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're ever curious about the trails here in Colorado, not just the ones at the end of your street, <laughs> I can show you some pretty I beautiful bet. I bet, man. I bet. And we yeah, don't have to know, go run 20 miles I got either. 17 miles back here. Uh, there's a lot to see, but that's, you know, I've seen it all 50 times. So, uh, yeah. In Colorado, I love Colorado. Boy, it's, a, it's an amazing, <laughs> amazing place in general. So thank you, Jason. I appreciate you, man. Thanks, Tony. And that's our show. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to pay it forward, please rate and review the show, share it with your running friends or club, or you can invest in a training program for yourself at strengthrunning.com slash coaching. You can also support the show by supporting our sponsors. Use their links and discount codes to support the Strength Running Podcast and tell them that they should continue sponsoring this show. First, Get yourself 15% off your first purchase at Prevenex.com with code Jason15. If you've been listening to the podcast for the last couple months, you've heard me talk about Joint Health Plus from Prevenex and how it's directly impacted the health of so many runners. Their CEO keeps forwarding me testimonials and it just works. So definitely keep those coming. But today I want to tell you about another product that I consider my secret weapon in my routine. It's called Nurify Plus, and it's a plant-based meal replacement product. So it's not just a protein powder. And I take it post-run, and it's really helped me with recovery and making sure I'm getting high-quality proteins, carbs, fats, fluids, and vitamins and probiotics. 
Now, after a run, your body is much more receptive to nutrients, and having a complete balanced shake is a convenient way of getting what you need when you need it. Now, I struggle with eating after a run, especially if it's hot. My stomach just isn't really too in tune with eating a bunch of solid food at that time. But I know I need to maximize my recovery. And with Narify, I'm getting a convenient post-run meal that I can then follow up with maybe an hour later or so with some solid foods when my stomach is a bit more ready for that. It tastes great. It's clean and healthy. They don't have any gums, sugar alcohols, preservatives, and artificial anything in the product. And the bottom line is that I just feel better when I'm using Nurify. I feel like I'm recovering faster, and I know I'm giving my body incredible nutritional support right after a run when my body really needs it. You can get 15% off your first Prevenex purchase by using code JASON15 at checkout. Visit Prevenex.com, that's P-R-E-V-I-N-E-X.com, and I'll note one last thing. Prevenex offers a 30-day money-back guarantee where if you don't feel the benefits on their product, you get your money back, no questions asked. So I love the fact that this is a completely risk-free proposition. And I really do want you to keep sending in those testimonials. They fire me up. So that's Jason15 at Prevenex.com. Next, hook yourself up with the best running sunglasses you can buy Gooder sunglasses are affordable, with most pairs costing only $25. But most importantly, they're made for running. They have polarized lenses, and they're lightweight, comfortable, and they won't slip or bounce off your face when you're running. And if you watch Strength Running's YouTube channel, you know I've been wearing Gooders for years. Sponsorship or not, I love this brand, and I'm thrilled to partner with them because these are the hottest sunglasses on the market. They have hundreds of styles and color patterns, so you can find fun glasses that fit your personality. And the company is great as well. They're a 100% carbon neutral company, meaning that they offset all of their carbon emissions, and they donate 1% of their profits to environmental causes. Go get yourself a pair at gooder.com slash strengthrunning. That's G-O-O-D-R dot com slash strengthrunning, and they're going to hook you up with free shipping. All right, that's our show, runners. Thank you so much for subscribing and sharing this show with your friends. If you want to support us, use those sponsor links or discount codes. You can always review the podcast or get yourself a training program at strengthrunning.com slash coaching. My number one goal is to elevate your running. So don't ever hesitate to reach out to me through the Strength Running website, or you can message me on Instagram at Jason Fitz One. We'll be in touch soon. 